The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Oh, man. Don't you start yawning. It's after 11 for me. I'm staying up late for this thing. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm usually asleep by now. Yeah, it, uh, just, uh, it's like, oh, I was like just super tired. And I was like, oh, you know what? Got some uh, cold brew coffee. Maybe have mm-hmm. a little bit of that before. Yeah, be careful. Careful. And I want to end up like uh, Dave Grohl and uh, Heart Palpitations or whatever. Trash pots! Drinking too much coffee. Yeah, yeah. I have never had coffee in my entire life. You believe that? Oh, really? Never. Just uh, don't, it doesn't appeal to you? You just kind of, the smell or? Yeah, did the did the straight edge thing for like a oh, long okay. time. Like up until a couple of years ago and like gave up mm-hmm. caffeine and uh just never yeah. never tried were you doing the whole uh it's like no aspirin or anything like that either and stuff no i mean i'm i'm not an idiot no. <laughs> get migraine headaches so yeah that no. would that would be tough but you know and try to keep it to a minimum sure yeah so you weren't you weren't that straight edge oh come on <laughs> it's all i mean but like the thing you realize is like it's all about you know you have to do what works for you you know i, mm-hmm. I was never really that preachy about it like people knew but it was never like i was never like going around knocking beer bottles out of people's hands or anything i was like all right yeah. this works for me so i'm gonna go with it for now you know when it doesn't work yeah. for me I, I won't do it anymore and then it didn't so i don't yeah a new guy who wouldn't even um chew gum that had any of the the ols at the end of uh the uh the sweeteners or anything like that like xylitol or anything like that all right yeah yeah i was like no yeah. way dude Oh, okay. It's not like it's going to do anything to you, but... Yeah. You know. Hey, you know, like I said, you got to do what mm. works for you. Whatever whatever gets you to sleep at night. Whatever gets you through the night. Okay, you lost me. Sorry. <laughs> There's that coffee kicking in. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 5 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, a different guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, single, and b-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon, and the binaural song for today is Light Years. And today, to cover Light Years with me is good old friend of the show, John Farrar. Hello, John. Hello, Brandon. How are you? I am doing well, and how are you? Not bad, not bad. Thanks for having me back, man. It's We've, we've done, what, like at least eight or ten of these by now, right? No, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not keeping count. Uh that's uh well if i well i guess technically i am but it's not right in front of me so am i the am i the most recurring guest so far i think it's tied between you and kevin lassard oh okay just because uh kevin's my go-to is like oh crap i need somebody last minute uh hey kevin or can you can you talk about this song with me he's like uh yeah sure what what song is this uh you know uh hummus uh i guess okay Let's try not to talk about the food hummus for uh, more than half of the podcast. You can talk about Baba Ganoush. You can talk about <laughs> but, uh, 
Kevin, I'm I'm coming for you, Kevin. Uh-oh. By the time this thing is all over, it's it's you and Protect me. Protect your neck. That's right. <laughs> no, no, this is these are a lot of fun. I always enjoy doing it, so thank you. No, yeah, I like uh, talking with you. We, it's uh, always good to geek out about Pearl Jam, and uh, yeah, and uh, you agree to it, so that's uh, that's a bonus. Yeah, and, and usually, like usually, I end up doing a lot of the weirder ones. Like that's those are the kind of the ones that I gravitate towards. But but this one is is an all timer, man. This is like maybe you know we did we've done a couple. We I think we did uh, in my tree, which mm-hmm. was a big one for me. And this one's this one's right there. This is. This is up there for me. This is a one of their most underrated songs, I think. Underrated songs. This was the second single from Binaural, re- released on uh, July eighteenth. With the have you uh, ever heard this on the radio? You can barely call this a single. No, but they released a single with uh, "Soon Forget" and "Grievance" live from the from the Bellingham Vault show number four uh, on the B side of this. I guess technically B side. I have the I have the twelve inch and the seven inch. You're not you're not saying anything. I don't know, okay. but uh, I, I love the covers on those those singles too. It's like I don't know what it is. It's a it's a Jeff photo as usual, but it's it's a really like kind of understated like kind of greenish with like an orange little blob on the the top, and it's like a very understated like Pearl Jam light years. I I love that that cover, especially on the twelve inch single. It's fantastic. Yep, and that uh, that Bellingham show, by the way, that the uh, vault is, is also the first time this song was played live as well. Yeah. Yep. And uh, this this isn't the, not to be confused, don't confuse this with the national song, Light Ears. That's for the, uh, whoever's doing the track-by-track track national podcast. I don't know uh, who's doing that, but. Brandon, this song goes even further back than that. I think we got to start at the very beginning. The very beginning? Yeah. The very beginning, the the inspiration for this song. I we gotta talk about puzzles and games. talking about like the big bang like the very beginning like oh we we, we can that like you know light here uh, oh okay i don't know yeah, like the, yeah. the 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 constant of the speed of light uh yeah 
because I uh, know a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, so this, this song was originally, I guess, uh, titled Puzzles and Games. Uh, there's demos out there that are called that. Um, so the, the writing credit is for the music, Stone, Mike, and Ed, and then Eddie is uh, credited as the lyricist on this song. Listening to the original Puzzles and Games, you've got uh, some finger-picking and stuff going in there. Uh, Ed said that he thought it sounded a little bit too much like Given a Fly, and so they kind of were reworking it and trying to figure it out. Jeff has said that they had like eight different versions or something like that of this song before they got down to the original one. Uh, he said that uh, Mike and Ed kind of sat around for an hour or so and kind of worked on it and flipped things around or something. And then they finally got to what it is now. of the songs and everything like that mike came up with the sort of like the verse structure the kind of finger picking stuff like that it has a signature stone bridge at least that's the way it sounds to me yeah and he does he does get credit a little writing credit on that as well right yeah and then i think the the ed writing credit in it comes in because of the sort of uh of the intro-ish way that it starts now the kind of picking on the d chord which you know he's he's always uh he's always strumming that d there wait a minute I'm, that might not sound the way i right, intended it right. but <laughs> well done well done but no that that is that is the go-to chord you're absolutely right but like the uh dun, 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 dun. yeah so that's a d and uh i think that ed sort of brought that in and and that's how he gets his uh his music writing credit in there I don't know. That's just my uh, my my conspiracy theory. What are what are your thoughts, John? Yeah, I mean, I think you 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 mentioned that it, this does get mentioned in the PJ twenty book when they on the binaural chapter. It says, you know, they got played a, a million different tempos, a million different angles. I want to hear all these versions. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear because I I absolutely love puzzles and games. I think that's one of the coolest demo recordings that they have. And yeah, the story is that it was too close to given to fly because it does have the kind of quiet, loud thing that Given to Flies has that really triumphant chorus. There's some extra lyrics, like that part of this, like, you know, you're never more beautiful than at the end of the day. Like, it's one of, like, the, the sweetest things like he's ever written. Like, mm -hmm. to to have it, you know, uh, uh, think about who that was written about, that'd be really special. Like, that could have been a huge hit on Binaural. You know, it's just another thing on Binaural. I'm sure you talked about some of these other songs that, like, 
it could have been so much such a different you know vibe on that album it's so dark and like down tempo a lot and some of the songs that were left off of that thing and some of the songs like this that that were reworked like it could have been a much had a much different feel to it with some happier poppier songs on there you know you talk about sad and things like that where it's almost like they did that on purpose like they were trying to go for a a different sound you know and the the production as well you know you can talk about what what chad blake brought to it instead of brendan o'brien but puzzles and games yeah it's oh i I just love it like it's it it's would have fit perfectly on yield like yeah close to given to fly but who cares like the more given to fly the better i don't see why that's a problem but again yeah the the they've i think they've said like yeah they just flipped it backwards and then it worked but you know the outro part is the same Yeah, I mean, it's, it went from being a really kind of triumphant, happier, like kind of heartfelt, sweet song to like a song about this person close to Ed. We don't you know, you know, we don't know who it is. He's, he's dropped some hints uh, occasionally, but someone close to him that that died and it completely changed the vibe of the song. But yeah, I would, I would love to hear more like in between what happened to it, because it just goes to show like, especially when when you bring Stone in, like. He's such a master at, at crafting these things and putting these things together. Like, out of love to been in the room when they were working on it to see how it be, how it turned from puzzles and games into light years. That's so fascinating to me. Well, the, um, there's notes and stuff like that on the internet saying that the song was written or dedicated to Diane Muse, Diane Mose, uh, who is who worked at Sony, who died in '97. At least that's uh, that's what. Ed said at Pink Pop. So that one was about a friend who's fucking up and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're just watching them go down, down, down. And then uh, other times you got friends that, that uh, they don't fuck up at all and they're great people. And then uh, you just lose them for some reason. And they're just off the planet and you never even get to say goodbye. And I only mention it because there's a, a person that uh, we used to know here. Her name was Diane. And... Uh, uh, I never, we never got a chance to say goodbye, so uh, this is 
Goodbye. And if you got good friends, love them while they're here. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily, like you said, like who it is about or or not, if it was somebody who was closer. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know what uh, what she did at Sony or anything. But Oh, and, and you, you bring up a, a really good point that the pink pop thing we're definitely getting into because I have a lot on that. But it's it, on at the show. I think it was uh, on October 9th from 2000. He says that it was for someone from Chicago. And he talks about, you know, oh, is this this was someone that was from here, and you know, we we definitely feel their their loss. So I don't think it was written for Diane Moose, uh, but I think that was just something that he, you know, they were in they were in, you know, the Netherlands Pink Pop Festival. Obviously, I think that was just something that that he kind of ascribed to it at that time. I I think a lot of people have grasped onto that and said, oh, it must have been written about her, but I don't I don't think that it was. I think it, and, you know, you. You you don't come up with a song like this about someone from you know the corporate head of your label like this mm-hmm. is obviously someone someone close to him that he had you know some serious feelings for a lot of people have said it's about you know it's about the divorce from Beth and their personal things like that but you know we'll never know but yeah it, it's definitely something someone that had a a little more importance in his personal life I think yeah possibly the um the original puzzles and games could be more Beth sort of centered and. Yeah, you know, yeah. especially the, like you said, that line "never more beautiful than you were" right. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. If people haven't heard it, you know, if you if you email Brandon, I he'll email me and I'll send you a copy of it. It's <laughs> if you haven't heard that song, oh, I, I love it so much. I want everyone to hear it. Yeah, the, the, it's it is it, the, the the especially the chorus like is real poppy. Yeah, it's like it's got that triumphant like kind of yield feel to it. Mm-hmm. And then. The what they ended up with on the album, it I don't know. I think it's sort of like a I think a lot of people prefer or or a lot of people like that original puzzles and games version. And I don't know if it's just because I've listened to the the binaural version more, but I think that I don't know, it sounds more like Pearl Jam, the album version and 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 what we have, you know, what we have, what they play. I think it sounds more like them than um, than puzzles and games. I don't know if it's, be, you know, maybe puzzles and games had more like real lyrics or something and worked on it a little bit more. Yeah, there was a little mumbling. I think a lot of it is placeholder yeah. stuff. I think because it's just a demo, so I think that yeah, there's there's a lot of mumbling in it. And yeah, you you think that it it was probably not a yeah, finished it's, product. It's, you know, it's got the the bridge and the end and stuff like that still. Um, even I believe the uh, yeah. the little uh, lead sort of dun, 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 yeah. that, uh, that that carried through. Yeah, they definitely kept they kept uh, the a lot of parts to it. So it's just really the the beginning and the the chorus, and then of course the lyrics that all got got turned all around. But yeah, like starting in the solo, it's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. There's not uh, you know as as we get into the later albums and stuff, and, and they're not the huge songs. You know, there's not too much about this uh, song as far as facts and stuff go. Uh, yeah, I don't think I ever heard it on the radio. If I did, it might have been once or so, like like right when the that uh, the single came out. But it wasn't uh, played as often as say nothing as it seems, which you know was like oh, oh it's yeah, new Pearl Jam, new Pearl Jam, new album coming out. Oh yeah. You know, then they'll play that for a couple months, and even even that I think just was yeah, it just was a blip, and then it was gone. Yeah, because you know, everything 2000 was much different as far as like rock radio and, and pop radio than it was in like 1994 and 1993, yeah. you know? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's pretty much after, I think pretty much after Given to Fly, like it was kind of like, oh, new single, oh yeah, okay, let's play it for a month and let's go back to the same, you know, 12 songs from the, you know, 12 singles from the beginning albums and stuff like that. And because then, uh, what was there another sort of unofficial single? No, I don't think so. It was just, uh, yeah, just nothing as it seems in light years, huh? Maybe kind of grievance. Was that a no. sort of stealth? At least, uh, I think I've seen on, on uh, Discogs like promo CDs or something like that of it. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember seeing them. Oh, well. Yeah, Binaural had such a short just shelf life in general. It was such a weird, such a weird time. Like, I, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people talk about the, the sequencing and how it's, you know, it doesn't really make sense. And like, it's the one that, like, you know, I could, I could, you know, rattle off every track listing on every album, probably except for Binaural, because, you know, you get the you get the first one, you're like, wait a minute, is is Rival after of the girl or is it before? And, and like, does soon is soon forget ten or eleven? Like, it's just one of those that like it, it's hard to stick with you. Like, it's a very kind of chaotic album sequence. Like, it goes it goes a lot of different places and at all at all different times. So. Yeah, and that you know, and again, that might have been done on purpose. You know, they they sequenced it, so they they knew what they were doing. Yeah, there of course is the the fabled original album order with uh, right. some oh, yeah. other songs yeah. that they uh, left off, and God's Dice isn't even on there. This, and I, I think I've mentioned this on other uh, episodes that uh, you will hear uh, at some other point, but uh, that uh, uh, that this album has like sort of like paired up songs like um, of the girl. And thin air, I think, kind of complement each other. You know, those those two Stone songs, and then uh, grievance and insignificance. The two Ed songs kind of fit together. Uh, possibly nothing as it seems. And sleight of hand got the kind of spacey guitar sound in it. And even like God's dice and evacuation kind of go together just in the yeah. in the mood yeah. that they have, like kind of the, that sound. Um, Light years and parting ways. Yeah, possibly. I think that Parting Ways is a whole lot more solemn than this song, even though yeah. lyrically, I think once you get, get especially into the chorus, it's a whole lot more, you know, it, it fits emotionally, I believe, uh, in the same way as Parting Ways. But I don't know. I think kind of, even though it's not as poppy-ish, sort of, as, as puzzles and games, the just the way it sounds kind of maybe sort of like wish list-ish kind of like the the simple sort of it's got that same tempo yeah it's it's it definitely has that kind of like slower mid-tempo vibe to it but that's in, i want to go back that's interesting you like so you're saying that like every song on binaural has like a mirror almost and like if you look at the cover it's kind of those double that double helix galaxy or whatever it is mm-hmm. like you could say like oh like black holes and, and, and then supposedly like black holes create like a mirror of like an like a reverse of something i think you might be onto something there binaural two yeah you know two sounds exactly. two ears oh exactly. hey, maybe you know maybe they re kind of uh calibrated it and took some songs off to to try to uh try to make it yeah. sound have like uh uh compliments like each song sort of has a a, a mirror right. image like you said to it i like that theory yeah oh hey now Yes, that's what I've uh, always thought. That's always been my uh, <laughs> my theory. Uh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, you know, I don't figure out. I don't, I, I don't discover anything as I'm talking about it. No, no, I'm a professional. We know these things. We've been sitting with this album for you know 20 years. So, <laughs> right. No, but they. I've I've heard this song a couple of times. It's kind of become 
like the event song like it, they have songs like this that like when something happens or if they're in a spot where someone has has passed away or some tragedy has occurred then you're gonna get light years like i got it in uh columbia south carolina the the night that prince died and then at, at wrigley a few few months later and yeah they before the show in columbia they had handed out you know someone in the on the ga line and handed out a bunch of purple pieces of paper and they were like oh we're gonna you know we're gonna hold these up you know before light years i think they he mentions it and you know we were all holding up the little purple pieces of paper when they were playing it it was really cool on, on top of a number of other things the, the the shocking news of the day was, was um, losing an incredible fellow musician. And we, all of us on this stage can tell you. Yeah. You know, that guy loved music so damn much. He never stopped playing, never stopped writing, never stopped recording, never... Stop creating. He was he was dripping with songs. They, they'd go into the shower after he took a shower, and there'd be three songs laying there just in the gray water. But um, and of course I'm talking about Prince. And All of us up here were incredibly fortunate um, to see him a number of times over the years. Some of us, some of us got to meet him a bit, and um, he was an intense cat. And um, if there was anyone that I would have thought would still be playing when he was when he was, you know, 80 or 85, it was going to be him. So today's a real, real shock. And um, you know, people know him for some of the ways he looked, or the different ways he looked, or the different things he said, or the different, you know, a lot of, lot of incredible things to remember him by. But I gotta tell you, as, as musicians, and you know, you just saw some great guitar playing. Prince was probably the greatest guitar player that we've ever seen. He was amazing. Like, uh, I've only seen it once in uh, in 2000 when they were touring the album. So, you know, of course they played a lot then. So I don't really think there's any uh, significance to that. I mean, the the version, I want to, you know, you mentioned it earlier, that that Pink Pop version is is amazing. Like that is the, almost the definitive mm-hmm. version of the song more than, more than even the album version. Like he, you can, you know, there's a really good video that you can watch and you can, it's a lot of it is close-ups on Ed and he's doing all of the like, you know, you can tell that he's really feeling. He's doing, got his eyes closed. Like he, he, they're really feeling the the emotion behind it. And like he talks about, you know, if you know, if you got good friends, you know, love them while they're here. And he he adds those lyrics on at the end. You know, that goodbye, goodbye, I love you, goodbye, which is always mm-hmm. intense. You know, he did that a few times on that 2000 tour. We would add extra lyrics to it. And yeah, it's just that is the best performance of the song. Period. I think. I, I was thinking about it a little bit, and uh, I think that a lot of people have 
a connection to the song just because it is sort of like a a memorial just sort of uh, uh, a way to remember somebody just in the lyrics and everything like that that i feel kind of like at, at least for me i think sirens maybe does a better yeah. job at that or i, I don't really know S- sirens is more i think sort of about the the f- the feeling more than about like a specific person mm. possibly but i i i don't know this this song it just never grabbed me you know maybe it's just because at that point in my life i didn't have like anybody really i don't think that um that i had lost or anything to try to uh uh attach that to and um of course you know this came out you know this whole album came out before uh ross killed and everything like that where you know yeah. that that sort of stuff brings on a whole new meaning behind it and and you know when you think about it and before of course also 9 11 so you have these sort of events that happen and you can kind of think more about losing people uh, a little easier with with uh, with something like this. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to get into this, but this song is probably the most personal Pearl Jam song for me right now. And like back in August of 2018, uh, my wife passed away. Um, she had had a cardiac arrest, and this I like I didn't even listen to music for like a long time. Like it was just too painful. And when I started, you know, it took a few months and, you know, when I started finally, you know, going back and listening to music again, this is one of the ones that just took on a completely new meaning for me. And like, this is one of the most important songs for me right now. Like every time it comes on, like, you know, I, I feel every, every word of it. And like, I, like last year, you know, before the, the pandemic hit, I went and got a tattoo. I'd, I'd never done that. I'd never gotten a tattoo before, you know, 41 years old at the time. But I got, uh, we were but stones, your light made us stars down my down my left arm. And uh, I have like the L, the M, and the S, you know, highlighted for uh, for my, my kids and uh, my lay wife. So, mm-hmm. and it's in kind of the typewriter font of the, of the album. So, yeah, like this song is is above and beyond like it, it catapulted into like my top five Pearl Jam songs probably right now. Like you, I mean, it's just one of those that like, you never know, like that's, that's the beauty of their, their music. Right. And like when I got back into listening to music, Pearl Jam was one of the first things that I went back to listen to because, you know, I'll go ahead and you're doing this thing, this for this album cycle where, you know, like what does Pearl Jam mean to you? Like I'll go ahead and answer that right now. Like Pearl Jam is like home to me like it's that's something that i've been with since i was you know 12 13 years old and it's something that you can always go back to and find new meanings in these songs and they they hit you and like this song may not have grabbed me when i was 21 you know 20 years old but now at at 42 you know i I have a whole new appreciation for it and like this that that hits you with all these songs like songs that didn't hit me when i was 18 you know 25 30 35 40 like it's just it evolves with you and like it's their songs have a way of you know you kind of unpack the layers of them as you get older and like even some of the later songs like you mentioned sirens is one too where like the first time you hear that you're that i'm like oh that's it's kind of a throwaway song but like you 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 peel back some of the layers and you're like man there's a lot of there's a lot more stuff going on here and like you know we've we've all you know all of us who are kind of this age we've all kind of grown up with them right and we've kind of aged with them and they 
they were able to age gracefully, which is not something a lot of people do. Like if you look at look at like Weezer with the, the caricature that they developed <laughs> from the nineties, or like you look at Green Day, like they're still trying to recapture, you know, their their youth from the from the nineties. But like Pearl Jam did it, man. They were they they were able to kind of like become that that elder statesman role that they were always meant to have. You know, they've looked to, you know, you talk about, you know, Neil Young, Tom Petty, people like that who who they they looked up to, you know, they 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 did it. And like that that's what Pearl Jam means to me. It's it's just one of those things that like I can always go back to and and feel something new every time. Yeah, sort of uh they hid some uh some Easter eggs around uh around the garden and uh, and there was some that you just didn't find on that easter and you uh kind of come back through and was like oh hey i forgot about oh man this oh no that's a but you know not yeah. in not in a bad way yeah. but maybe 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 the easter egg isn't a a good uh, analogy maybe it's more like a christmas a Christmas present that you hide in your closet somewhere it's like oh i got to make sure kid doesn't see this and then you know you don't find it and then you're digging through the closet sometime in march and you're like oh my gosh i forgot to give this to them uh-oh well i guess uh you know got a birthday or uh, next christmas uh <laughs> one, one less thing to get it's a little uh and it's happy like, surprise it's like a book too like a you know that you go back and re reread a book that you haven't read in years and years and you you get all different things out of it you know it's just that it's all that life experience you know you you can you know that they've been through it and this is something too i remember i i saw them i think the first time i was on the i got to be on the rail in 2013 in charlotte he came out during porch and like kind of did the thing where he like stands on the crowd and and does the during the solo does the whole hey hey thing and i kind of end up like face to face with with that because i was right there i kind of had a moment where i was like the whole the whole history like flashpoint like this dude's been through so like because i've been following them you know hardcore ever since like i i know what this guy's been through like all the stuff that they've they've dealt with and you kind of you can almost like see it in his face man like Mm -hmm. he's all that life experience is like right there and he he wears it on his sleeve sometimes and and these lyrics like that's what makes the songs timeless you know it's just it's such a special thing to have with the band you know that, that you're able to grow up with and it's and we're just we're just you know i feel lucky just having having been you know born at the right time to be able to to grow up with them yeah you're saying um you know like we we've been with them through you know from from when they started and stuff like that and you know there's also the people who I'm not going to call them weirdos, but you know, necessarily the, the, the people who've kind of just discovered them now and the people who are younger. And a lot of those people have, have discovered the band and stuff because, you know, digging through their parents' records or something like that, possibly, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, this is stuff my mom and dad used to listen to. And they're like, Oh, okay. And they, you know, and it's, it is this, this, I don't know this, I don't know about tradition, but it is sort of like a, an, an, aural history of uh you know this this music that gets passed down a binaural history oh i just yeah. gotta work on that album yeah. title there but uh <laughs> kind of a uh, clumsy working that in there but uh yeah it, there's there's stuff in it for everybody you know at all different points of life and stuff and and things i may not have ever thought about kind of come into my head you know when you're married and now i have a kid and stuff and just kind of like oh my gosh like one day you know, my kid is going to be like, oh, my dad died and all that sort of shit. And it's kind of like, oh, my God, like, I don't ever want her to go through that. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. even if it's just <laughs> saying it's like, no, you can't have 
you can't eat that candy right now. And she gets sad. It's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm destroying your life. <laughs> She's crying. No, I don't want this. It's like, oh, okay. This doesn't really matter. But that's yeah, growing up, man. That's, that's, I mean, you think about it too. You know, it's, it's, it's 2020. We're recording this. And like, you know, 30 years ago was 1990. Like, I remember 1990 when I was back in 1990, you know, that, that would have been like 1990 is to now what 1960 was to 1990. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't even imagine that was like so far ago. And like, here we are, you know, all, all these years later and yeah, we're, we're, we're living through the same thing. Like I remember giving my parents shit for like listening to the same stuff they were listening to in the sixties. And here I am listening to the same stuff from the nineties. Like (laughs) I guess I owe them an apology, like, sorry, but yeah, you know, it's, but I think Pearl Jam too is one of those things that I that I won't feel you know you 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 feel okay passing it passing it down to your kids because you know it's it goes back to it's it's got that timelessness and that resonance so like yeah they're they're gonna get something out of it at at ten and and twelve and thirteen years old like mm-hmm. like we did you know they're gonna they're gonna tap into that same thing and then as they get older they're still going to be able to to get different things out of it and they're going to be able to to appreciate it in different ways and yeah it's just it's really special are there any specific lyrics in this that uh really stand out to you that you that uh kind of hit you well i do have the one tattooed on my arm that yeah, i look yeah. at every day so i probably probably go with that one the we were about stones your light made of stars like yeah that's one of the i think one of his one of his best lyrics I think it's a, a reference to seeing planets in the sky and kind of mistaking those for stars just because uh, lights shining off of them. And well, yeah, I think it's too like you know we we worry about stones. It's like we're just we're just ordinary. And occasionally, you know, you you have someone in your life that their you know their light makes you a star. Like you're, it's you know it talks about you know your lights reflected from afar. Like that person's gone, but you know you you still hold that hold that light within you, and it still you know sticks with you. And we're we're kind of made better by the people around us. You know, I think that's that's kind of what he did. It's a deep song, man. Yeah, the the, the lyrics definitely are. I you know just in my opinion, I said it again. It's like I think the lyrics are a whole lot more standout than the music. You know, except for when he gets when he gets into the bridge and just kind of shifts it and kind of flips it all, and it's kind of like, oh yeah, here we go. And then the, uh, I don't know, it just sounds a little bit plain to me. And so, yeah, I think that if, if, if possibly the, the puzzles and games could have been worked a little bit more, maybe there was another yeah, sort but, of. And he, he kept those original, the, you know, that first verse is, is almost like word for word from puzzles and mm-hmm. games. So, you know, it, it just kind of, after that first verse, it really changes. And that's where you see that they, they worked around it, but it, it still works. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's masterful songwriting the way especially you go back to stone to you know you, you, you mentioned it in the in the book where you know mike had the riffs and ed was working on it and i'm it's one of those things where stone probably came in i'm just just guessing but stone probably came in, it's like oh yeah you just do this and this and this and like you know the, the faithful clip on the the, the pj20 where mike calls up stone and it's like yeah you just do this and this and then you and he's like of course that's that's per- that's perfect thank you but yeah stone just comes in and goes yeah we're just gonna do this and this and this and it's gonna be great you know that that's mm-hmm. just his that's his gift yeah i think that uh the river you've gone the river we might go like we kind of did it like that with the with that original chorus sort of thing instead of the uh river, beautiful. Yeah, and he does those those really kind of like triumphant chord changes too where it's like it hits it, the song just opens up and you're like yeah it's like that he's really good at putting like those moments into into songs mm-hmm. 
you go back to like those early ones like of course like alive and and black and stuff like that but even stuff something like breath you know that has that moment where it like opens up and that's a stone thing and yeah he's he's so good at that yeah that uh the bridge no way we're just like downshift yeah. you're like yeah, yeah. Been, you could go on and on. You, almost every song he he has that, and it's really good. He's the he's the secret weapon in this band. Man, we're, we're the, the not the not so secret weapon because you know well, he, you know he, compared compared to the the lead guitarist and the lead singer, and you know it's the rhythm guitarist doesn't always get all the the spotlight, yeah. but he deserves it. Yeah, he you know he wrote like most of ten though, so I mean that's sure. that album's okay, I guess. <laughs> You know the, the 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 album that you know most people say is like oh the best album they got to go back to doing the old stuff but you know they grow you know the you know why if if you were to ask you know it's like oh man why don't you write another alive or something like that because like, I already did I gotta do something new I gotta yeah oh yeah you yeah. know say something that hasn't been said already because you know I can just go back to that when I want that or whatever yeah and I. And I and we're getting on a, a, a kind of a tangent here, but I almost never, you know, go back and put on ten. Like it's, there, I'm, there's almost never a moment where I'm like I want to go back and listen to ten. Like you know, I've I've heard it a, a thousand times. You know, I listened to it every day when I was 14. So mm-hmm. I I don't need to do that anymore. But I but I will put on No Code. I will put on Binaural. I will put on you know Ride Act. I put on Gigaton a couple of times because those are those are albums that I'm still growing with and that I'm that I'm still, you know, taking different things out of. Like, like I said, you know, 10 is, it is what it is for the moment. But like, I, I got everything pretty much out of it that I, that I can get out of it. You know, it's not the songwriting, I think hadn't progressed, you know, they hadn't quite matured enough to, and I, here I am again at 42 years old, what am I going <laughs> to get out of 10 that I didn't get out of when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. Right. But yeah, yeah. some of these later albums, especially, you know, these middle albums by Nora Riot Act, there's a lot in there to, to unpack still, I think, because it's, it's, there's just so much going on that's, it, they, the songwriting was maturing. There's a lot, there's a lot more deeper stuff in the lyrics and the music. And yeah, I'm, I'm still getting stuff out of those records. Yeah. I think more, more than yield, I think this is, this is like a really, this, at this album sounds like a real transition record, I think, mostly because of, uh, of Matt Cameron coming in. And everybody kind of discovering, oh, you know, what is this band now that we have him in it? And, uh, you know, we can go, we can do all these, I don't know if like we can do these different things, but it's kind of like he brings something else to the band that we we hadn't had. And, you know, he was, you know, playing with us and the, you know, some of those demos and stuff and, you know, Temple the Dog and everything. And he's kind of here now. And I don't know, we kind of, we, we can... We're, re- we're reaching the end of the uh, of the record contract, so we can kind of do what we want now. Yeah, absolutely. And like I think too, he pretty much solidified the the lineup in a way where they realized, okay, okay, we we can we can turn this into a, a long term thing. Like we're we're we can stick around and and make this you know a a thing something that sticks around and grows. Because I mean, we we don't even realize. I'm sure there were so many points where they probably thought about hanging it up like you know we're we this thing is run its course we're done we we said we wanted to say you know everybody knows all the the stuff that's gone on in their history but i gotta think around this this 2000 time there were multiple opportunities where they could have said all right we're done hang it up a lot of bands did Mm -hmm. but i think when when cameron came in it was kind of like they kind of settled into a really nice 
just way of going about their business. And like, yeah, you said like the rec, the, the record contract ending was thing like, you know, maybe we, we can take this in, in house and, and do some different things. And they realized that like, okay, we can, we can make this last, like, this is something that's going to be sustainable because the, the five of them together are such a force that like, I think they kind of realized like, okay, we, we have to make this work now. And, and Cameron was a big part of that. He was, uh, you know, more stable, you know, uh, you know, you talk about people, people love Dave, a people love Jack. I love, I love listening to Jack, but there was, there was a stability with Cameron that I think was brought in that, that doesn't get talked about a lot where he really, he really kind of solidified everything about them. It was kind of like, okay, this feels, this feels right now. Whereas before it was with Dave, a it was chaotic with Jack. It was chaotic. And I think Matt really settled them in and was like, okay, we're, we're, we're going to do this for a while. Yeah, kind of like the, uh, I don't know about necessarily like high school sweetheart, but sort of like, you know, somebody kind of is like, oh, you've been a friend for a long time and kind of never really thought about having a relationship with or something like that. And then you just kind of both find each other in a, just at these... Are we, we going to play fuck, are we going to play fuck, marry, kill with Pearl Jam drummer? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying it's kind of, you know, they're kind of... <laughs> because you marry Matt Cameron, he's, he's a long-term relationship, right? You, you kill Dave A, <laughs> that, that's as far as I'll go. You can fill in the rest, people. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, just two parallel tracks and just kind of find each other at just the right time and kind of like, oh, hey, let's do this. And it's kind of yeah. like, oh, you've known each other this whole time. You know, it's, it's, it, it's, in, in, and it just kind of, and it yeah. just works. And yeah, like, and again, that's a good point too, because I don't think they could have assimilated like a different personality. Like, if they had brought in someone who was like a stranger, I don't think they were at a point where they wanted to do that. So it had to be, someone that they knew and like had a history with had a relationship with and and cameron was the right guy at the right time he absolutely saved this band i think they mm-hmm. i think they come they totally would have broken yeah. up if he hadn't been available uh do we got anything else are there any uh, are there any uh, uh broader thoughts on the on the album how it uh fits in or uh there there is one thing that i that i had written down that i hadn't gotten to so the ending of the song like the very end, like kind of it, it does, it does the fade out, mm-hmm. which they say, they don't do a lot, but they started doing a little more around this time and almost the fade out. It's almost like kind of gets more like kind of dreamlike and the song is repeating. Like it's never going to end. I think that ties in with the theme too, of like, like the song is just never going to end it. And like, you don't want it to end. It just, it's just going to go keep going in this dream. I really think that's cool. Yeah. Have you, um, cause I have a, I didn't realize I had like a, a demo version of this that was different than puzzles and games. And it's it sounds really similar, but there's some like little kind of guitar parts and stuff like that. They're that a little bit different in it. I don't know how I, I don't know where I got that, that version from. It's like, hmm. I was listening to it and it's like, Oh, Hey, this is a little, uh... and, and I think it kind of goes along a little, like the ending is a little bit different. It doesn't necessarily like fade out, fade out, or it fades out longer.
Yeah, send it send it to me and I'll see if I see if I can place it. Oh yeah, I, I would love to hear like a like a twenty minute jam on light years. That'd be really cool. Yeah, they don't really have like any tags or anything like that they put on this, right? They uh, you know just yeah, he just occasionally like a couple of times in that two thousand tour he would throw in some extra lyrics. Yeah, like MSU but, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's you know it's one of those that it every year you know it gets played less and less, which is a shame. Like it should be it should be in the rotation yeah. constantly. And hopefully, it will be when they come back. Well, I, uh, we're we've been ending this. Uh... These episodes, because it's Pearl Jam 30 year, asking you, uh, just like Ed has asked at the end of Single Video Theory, what does Pearl Jam mean to you? But you uh, kind of ruined that, mentioning that in the uh, middle, so (laughs) maybe I could just uh, switch it around in editing, or uh, maybe I won't. (laughs) <laughs> Again, like that that's what that's what Pearl Jam means. It's it's home. It's the thing that I can always go back to and and it, it always brings back, you know, good memories for me from from the early records to the later ones. It's always something that I that I just go back to and I have a lot of a lot of affection for and a lot of you know, it's 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 the music of my life, man. Like it's it's the soundtrack to almost every period in my life, you know. So that's that's what it is for me. Yeah, I think it's like so many of the maybe not necessarily the uh the the Seattle scene, but so many people who were just kind of like more in their Nirvana camp than the Pearl Jam camp or something like that, just kind of like, oh, you know, they're they're just making classic rock, they're corporate, you know, all this sort of stuff. And I, I, you know, that's that's probably part of why they touch so many people, not necessarily because they were trying to have a sound that more people would latch on to but just because you know they just happened to make just a music that sounded a little bit more timeless and you know like a rock music that could have existed in the 70s music that could have existed in the 90s music that you know it can exist now and it's it's just a style that you know isn't real Sort of, you know, if you're going to be, you know, 50 years old, dyeing your hair jet black, trying to, you know, appeal to the kids or something like that, that, uh, right. you know, not, 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 uh, you know, they're not, uh, calling anybody out specifically, but, uh, I think we know what we're talking about. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're, we're cool. We're still with it. Oh, yeah. It's like, ah, you know, that's stuff you play when you're a kid in your garage. That's, <laughs> That's not something somebody respectable grown up is going to play. The the small town that I that I grew up in in Georgia was not big enough to have you know Nirvana versus Pearl Jam. You know you you could you could like both. There weren't enough, there weren't enough of us that that it made a difference. There wasn't enough of us to be to be divided like that. But it's it's interesting. You brought up a good point too because yeah, there everything else from that from the nineties that early nineties period was so drenched in irony and sarcasm. And like fuck you if you care. Like caring mm-hmm. is dumb. You know, who cares? And especially, you know, you, t- you mentioned like Nirvana and like their whole thing was like, so fuck you. Like, who came like the it, just not giving a fuck about anything. Right. Kind of that punk rock attitude that came back. But yeah, Pearl Jam was the opposite of that. You knew that they cared. And then, you know, they, they wore their influences on their sleeve. And that's that made them stand out. And it's it's probably kept them going where, if, you know, if a lot of those early records were a little more sarcastic and a little more you know had that kind of vibe that some of those other seattle records had and some of those like quote-unquote alternative records had they probably wouldn't be playing those songs right now you know Mm -hmm. yeah because they're it's like i said it's 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 relatable 
you know, no matter if you're 13 or 23, 33, 43, you know, I, I get, and I, you know, I'm sure as I get older and older, it'll, it'll continue to grow like that, you know? Yeah. I can remember hearing a story or something about, um, mother love bone was playing a show and, um, Kurt Cobain was in the audience and like he had a chair and was in the very front and was like pretending to sleep through or something like that, which, you know, you maybe at the time or something like that. No, no, I didn't even know like at the time, but if you, you're just kind of like, that's like a real dick move. That's kind of like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. I mean, you're like, oh, I'm so cool. I'm going to pretend like, oh, they're so boring. Oh, I'm going to be asleep. What the hell, dude? <laughs> yeah. And again, when you're, yeah, when you're 40, you look back on that like, God, what a dick. But when you're, when you're 18, you're like, fuck yeah, dude. Corporate rock does suck. Mm-hmm. Fucking punk rock, man. That's right. Tell him, Kurt Cobain. You know, <laughs> that, that's part of it too. Like it's, he was, he was appealing to that, that side of, of us that, that was like, yeah, you know, all this shit is stupid, you know, fuck it all, like burn it all down, you know, but yeah, that it, hindsight, it didn't quite work out that way. Well, uh, is there, is, is there, uh, something you'd like to, uh, shout out and promote and let people, uh, know that you've got stuff going on if they don't happen to know which if they're listening to the podcast they probably listen to uh you on a near weekly basis on their other podcast listening habits well that would be that would be very appreciated that would be a nice thing to do but yeah if you uh if you uh are so inclined i uh i do co-host live on four legs uh another pearl jam podcast where we cover a different live show every week it's a lot of fun i've really enjoyed you know going back and and listening to some some shows that I uh, hadn't listened to in a long time, and yeah, we we talk about all the different moments, things that that make each show special. Go through the set list, and uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So yeah, check that out on your uh, platforms if you haven't already. Yeah, a good show, and they even have me on a couple of times to uh, hey, to derail their conversations that? and uh, <laughs> and uh, give them editing work to do. <laughs> You had to go and mention that that <laughs> that that one was a doozy. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, it worked out fine. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on, John. Always good to have you. Oh, of and uh, of I think we'll talk about another song later in this. Oh yeah, you can album. you can set your you can set your clock by by me. You know, being being on the show at least a couple of times per season. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll be back. Yeah, so uh, we'll 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 talk then. Yeah, even though if I don't remember if we've recorded that one already or not, <laughs> mm, I don't know. Probably not. The Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Paloma and published using Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 4.0 license. Please visit CreativeCommons.org or email ListenUpReno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at betterbandpod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you'd like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. 
If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest John and as always, this is Brandon saying, 8.58, first time I've ever been early for work. Except for all those daylight savings days, lousy farmers.